Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to this week's IGN UK podcast. I'm Stu and I'm joined by Chris Tilly. Uh, all right. Tom Butler. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe we'll have Daniel Kruber. What? Yeah. I don't know why we're in such a good mood this week, actually, because I don't know about you guys, but the news came in this morning and I'm quite upset. I'm quite upset because for yet another year, our efforts in this podcast have fucking failed to be recognised. Well, you say they've been failed to recognise, but I think number one games and hobbies podcasts every week for the whole year probably sums up how good the podcast is. Well, what are you talking about, Stuart? I'm talking about the MCV Awards where, where we've been snubbed again for best podcast. Uh, best podcast or radio broadcast. Yeah. Um, but we're not bitter. We are. I'm bitter. Are we? But I'm thinking that maybe it's just that the MCV awards are too small for us and we need to go higher. I think maybe we should try and get an Oscar. Um, do they give Oscars? For, for podcasts, yeah, a new category. Yeah, a new Is category. They also year. have um, po- um, Oscars for a top tweeter. Yeah. Well, Kevin Smith's probably going to win both of those then. Oh, so. brilliant. That's a waste of time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, on this week's podcast, it's the usual nonsense. We have trailers of the week. Uh, we've got an interesting feature coming up a bit later on about movies, but we do have some game stuff after Chris tells us about movie stuff. Yeah, some Avengers 2 news. Uh, Joss Whedon... Heard of him. ...has signed on to write and direct the Avengers 2. Good news? Excellent news. Yeah. It's the best news, isn't it? Yeah, we all like that. Could that... It would have been a pretty tough act to follow for anyone else. It would have been weird if he hadn't done it. But he he didn't say anything at the time. That he was pretty non-committal, wasn't he? Yeah, but they kind of gave him carte blanche first time around. He nailed it. He seemed very happy. I just remember when they announced that at Comic-Con a couple of years ago, the amount of goodwill for that project immediately secured by the fact that it was Joss Whedon doing it. You, you need someone uh, of of nerd stature to be able to pull that off, and he has that. He, he's probably like King Nerd, right? So mm-hmm. he's got that, that capital. I don't know anyone else who I think they could entrust it to. Mm. So I, we kind of expected that, but there's a little more to this story. Ooh. Shall I read the official statement from Marvel? Please yes. do. Joss Whedon <laughs> has signed an exclusive deal with Marvel Studios for film and television through the end of June 2015. Oh. As part of that deal, Whedon will write and direct Marvel's Avengers 2, as well as help develop a new live-action series for Marvel Television at ABC. A Marvel TV show? Yes. Wow. Oh, interesting. What could it be? Well, we've done a speculation piece on the website. That's very good of us. Funny you should ask. Can we pop off and read that for a second then, and then come back? Can do. Or I could give you a a gist of it. Give us the salient points, Chris Tilly. What about a S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) TV series? Uh, You know, there's been been debate about what happens to Agent Coulson in the movie. Why? He's dead. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. So, well, it's been out for about three months now. If you're waiting for the Blu-ray. Well, he's dead. Oh. Okay. okay. Who, who else in films is dead? That I might not know. Uh, the shark from Jaws. Bruce Willis. Uh, in Sixth Sense. The rights to Blade have reverted back to Marvel. Okay. Blade the, TV the, show? There was a Blade TV show that was abysmal. Yeah. They're not going to do that again. Joss Whedon. 
<laughs> it's like you pass for everything. Every time something could be rubbish from now on. <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon. Weather, weather's supposed to piss it down all weekend. Joss Whedon. And spe- speaking of which, yeah. they're only going to collect the rubbish once every fortnight. Joss Whedon's collecting it. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> That's a meme. Speaking of which, the She-Hulk TV series. <laughs> no. Uh, do you know who the She-Hulk is? She's the Hulk's cousin, Jennifer Walters. <laughs> She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer turned superhero. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? Actually, She-Hulk comics are very good. Are they? They're very good, yeah. Okay. How does she get her powers? Oh, oh, good question. Cool question, yeah. Because if it was in the same accident, she probably should have known better. <laughs> and speaking of lawyers turned superheroes, what about a Daredevil TV show? I think so, that could work. I think that could be quite good, actually. Courtroom drama slash superhero. yeah. He loses every every case that he loses. Then the next half an hour is just him beating the shit out of people. Isn't that a bit like Dexter? You got away with it. Now I'm going to kill you. Or Perry Mason. He didn't kill anybody. He did. Do you know did what? Oh. <laughs> what with his wheelchair? That's Ironside. That's Ironside. Same bloke. <laughs> I always thought it was the same bloke. You know, I always thought Perry Mason was like a prequel. It was before his accident. <laughs> but when he was older, that's dark. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to it. Perry Mason wasn't in a wheelchair. Ironside was. was but Perry Mason was in a wheelchair wasn't he was he no I thought he was Perry too oh, we're even no. Burke and Walk can't we're going Not off now. we're dead. going off topic <laughs> uh, pulling, pulling it back you know, Stuart you know when you asked why we didn't get nominated for the GMA <laughs> <laughs> um, Runaways have you read The Runaways, yes. anyone here? and Joss Whedon did a very good arc he in did. The Runaways. That could be a TV show. Do you, know, do you know that one, Stu? No. It's about a bunch of kids who are teenage superheroes have discovered their parents are actually supervillains. And a very, it's, it's a really good book um, worth picking up and probably very good for Daniel to read because one of the superheroes, his special power is having a pet dinosaur. Oh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's the best yeah. kind of power. It's got like a psychic link with a dinosaur. Oh, so so good news. That's the one we're going to put our weight behind, is it? Yeah. Well, I think oh. I think more likely it's going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. I think they put that, so That much... makes it sound like it would be like Alias. Yeah, or X X Factor X Factor X Files. <laughs> yeah, but less super. I think it'd be more kind of. It's like spies, wouldn't it? You know, kind of. But that seems to fit. Spy but that seems missions. to fit more into a um, more into TV show episodic structure. Yeah, so they'd have to change the names well, every week. They? Yeah. they couldn't call it Shield because of that TV show that was called The Shield. Well, they mm. could call it something, I guess. Shield but, um, for more punctuation. They could call it something. Yeah. That's, very deep. That's probably, a, probably weird, a weird thing to call it. <laughs> call Don't it call sword. it something. Now on um, Channel 5. Joss Whedon's Something. Something by Joss yeah. Whedon. But anyway, anything. good news all something around. or anything. Do you know how She-Hulk got her powers? Mm-hmm. Um, she, was in, um, she was in an accident, and the only person that could give her a blood transfusion was Bruce Banner. Uh, and then she acquired the same powers. We've all been there. We have all been there. Yeah. Daniel, have we got any games news? Imagine if she'd been a Jehovah's Witness, she'd be dead. Yeah. Why, didn't it? Oh, that would have been a very short story arc, wouldn't it? Um, Daisy, um, which is the popular zombie survival mod for Armour 2, is going to be released as a standalone game. Sounds more like a rapper with a speech impediment. (laughs) Oh, very good. Depending how Stuart has edited this podcast, that's probably the fourth or fifth time someone's made that joke. well, Daisy now has over a million unique users. That's uh, a lot. Yeah, That's a so hell of a lot of people. In like how many days? Z. Z days. Bird oh. days. Um, the creator, who's called Dean, nicknamed Rocket Hulk. Because I think all indie developers need a, a nickname like Notch or Rocket. Yeah. What would, you, what would your nickname be, Tom? Bantz. Bantz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indie game developer, Bantz. Just makes you sound like a rubbish wrestler. 
Rocket. Yeah. Rocket, do you think? Um, he confirmed the, day, um, the news on his blog and he said that this was the fairy tale outcome for a mod that many people would have said was impossible four months ago. But it's actually quite good for people who want to play the game because currently, if you want to play DayZ, you have to buy the original game and then you have to buy the Operation Arrowhead expansion pack. When you say original game, you mean Armour 2? Armour 2, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to play DayZ, whereas now you just be able to buy DayZ on its own. And there's quite an interesting uh, quote that he said about it being brought out in a Minecraft sort of model, um, where he said that they're going to release it uh, as a sort of a, uh, like a test, like a beta to, for people to play. And then when it gets to the sufficient level of being good enough, then you'll be able to start paying for it. It'd be like a £10 one-off. Well, and then, and then they'll just keep iterating it with updates and updates. That's what people want That's these the days. Future. I mean, it's the it's the zombie game. It sounds like the zombie game that, that I've always a, wanted. That's the true zombie experience. Yeah, that sort of pestle like uh, scavenging and hunting. And, for... and like, it has permadeath. Yeah. So if you get killed in this game, you start again with absolutely nothing from square one. Wow. So your death is meaningful. Whereas in most video games, as soon as you die, you come back immediately. It has no consequence. Whereas this, you have limited ammo, so you have very few bullets. Every time you shoot, it's a meaningful decision. Do you choose to run away or do you choose to stand and fight? Um, what do you normally choose, Chris? Run away. Yeah. Really quickly. And shit yourself. Doesn't um, doesn't Zombie U have a similar uh, permadeath? Um... Yeah, but you lose your items and you start off as another survivor, I think, in the apocalypse. So it's similar, but I don't think it's as harsh or as punishing as DayZ. But what, it starts off at an earlier... Uh, I think you like lose some a, of the equipment that you acquire during one playthrough. Like a checkpoint, yeah. you'll return at a checkpoint, yeah. whereas in Daisy you literally start again from scratch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's no ending to Daisy, is there? No, it's just I think it's just an experience. I don't think there's any um, end goal per se. I'm but definitely. It's doing really well. So that. yeah. What if they gave you the option of either starting again or, you, or they forced you to wear that white tanuki suit? <laughs> what the you suck tanuki suit yeah. that'd be great just running around <laughs> smacking zombies with a big zombies raccoon bouncing off tails. yeah but not not actually that not being kind of uh, invincible you can still get killed it's just that anybody you met just kind of pointed at you and said oh, you're wearing a white so you're rubbish ranker. yeah evidently you keep, you keep rubbish. dying yeah uh, yeah there's a game called War Z which sounds like a very similar premise that's coming out as a standalone thing I guess they were banking on the date on Daisy never coming out as a standalone or, or yeah or World War Z oh yeah well I guess that's there's just probably, too much zombie stuff too much Z well I thought we'd kind of reached saturation point but obviously not so no I don't think we have reached um Saturation point for zombies. I think we've kind of reached saturation point for rubbish zombies, but something like Day Z sounds quite interesting, Tom. You reckon? Yeah. But you know, the, this stuff will kick around because if there's a, a craze, loads of things get commissioned. So things are in the works for quite a while. So stuff, even after it's like past its prime, you'll still get more zombie things coming out for quite, it'll have like a quite a long tail, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, one of our trailers this week is Cockneys versus Zombies. Yeah. So there's always a new fresh spin you can put on it, I guess. Mm. I'm still waiting for that Red Dead Cockney downloadable pack. There's a new Prince of Persia game coming out, apparently, you know? I get it. A screenshot purporting to be from the Prince of Persia reboot appeared on an official Ubisoft forum over the weekend. And it looks like it's going to be an Egyptian setting this time. And the prince looks... He's, 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 he looks a bit more... Stacked. Yeah, yeah. 
I question whether from that screenshot that's actually supposed to be the Prince of Persia. I, I imagine it's the game, but it doesn't look like it's probably it just, the character. I think people have inferred that because he's... Um, so it looks like he's the playable character. For, you know, yeah. It doesn't look like it's taken from a cutscene. Does he look like Jake Gyllenhaal? No. no he's black. So... Anyway, the screenshot is, uh, is branded Pop Zero 2, which could be a reference to Pop Zero, which was that reboot of the franchise that we're going to do. Pop uh, being Prince of Persia, that's which right, was the right. modern day Prince of Persia. Yeah. Which is just, is that not just Desmond and Assassin's Creed running around? Pretty it much. does look very Assassin's Creed-y. But it's like it's just a historical setting and there's people in, in sort of Middle Eastern kind of clothing. Like, it's just a setting. I guess so. I mean... It's just how they've gone for a real real realistic look and how all the characters like the sort of the character model sizes with the way it's framed it looks it also looks like a Ubisoft game yes I think Ubisoft have a particular style I don't know whether most of the games use the same it's engine but gray, it's that gray brown tint yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. and Splinter Cell even looks similar as well. The new Splinter Cell when he was in um, the, the demo to e three there's kind of a look and a feel to a Ubisoft game. Which is quite good, like consistent across the. When was that cell shading one released? When was that? That was about two thousand and nine. I like that. I like, I like the look of that. I thought that looked really cool. Yeah, but it was it was really boring, quite repetitive, and mm. you, you couldn't die. And obviously, you can't die in most video games, but it, it, there wasn't enough challenge in that game. You, if you just failed one jump, then you could just do it again and again because it was, you were accompanied by a woman who would constantly save you oh right yeah and it was actually quite irritating after a while um did I don't know why I've just been thinking about this but Prince of Persia but um did you see the Mars moon landing stuff um the, okay. the Mars landing curiosity yeah. stuff did you see that guy who was in NASA with the mohawk no <laughs> no so he's become this like famous thing because he's this NASA scientist with a mohawk um and uh, yeah, like he's become famous on the internet now because he's this NASA scientist and he's got like a cool haircut. And he's from Persia. And I don't know why. Maybe think of that. He's from Persia. Well, yeah, that's from a like, country that doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Yeah, yeah. But that's how he's being touted as being from Persia. Why? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's a weird segue. Sorry, that was a weird uh, yeah. so, tangent. Um, there you go. But yeah, people excited about more Prince of Persia. Do you think it could be well, a next gen game? It sounds like everyone is because there's yeah. been a lot of fuss made over a screenshot this yeah. week. Yeah, I think it's still a big sort of property, isn't it? Could well, be if it's done right. There was a leak before game uh, E3 as well of a tr- of a supposed trailer. Yeah, everyone um, thought that um, Ubisoft were going to unveil the new Prince of Persia at um, E3, and there were these three pictures that appeared on NeoGAF, and one of them you can see a silhouetted figure walking down the street. And that kind of looks consistent with the new prince, or what we think is the new prince in that screenshot. Yeah. You know, there's a similar, um, they have a similar silhouette. I just remember, I'm old enough to remember when the very first Prince of Persia came out and how massive it was because Mm. of all the the kind of the rotoscoped characters and things like that. And it was just huge and it was so much fun to play as well. Is there any chance of a musical crossover called The Artist Fully Known as Prince of Persia? That's what they should name the new game. Yeah. Or just the symbol. He's sexy, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> when you finish a level, <laughs> that's what you get. And at the end of every level, you win lots of diamonds and pearls. Tom, oh, boot okay. at Photoshop. Yeah, I'll go and cream. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, that's the guy from, uh, just in case you need Okay, a visual, little Sorry. visual interlude yeah. from Tom. Yeah. Se- Thanks, it looks Tom. like Seth uh, like Fabregas. 
doesn't like separate. Uh, Tom, it doesn't cousin. matter how often you do that. It's not a video podcast. In the future, when they go back and remaster these, you'll be able to see that. Tom, <laughs> stop talking about the bloke with the mohawk. <laughs> You're obsessed. Have you got any news? Man crush. Oh, I do actually. I well, do. Spit it out. Well, it's kind of been is touched it, on already. Is it about a bloke Have in we touched it? <laughs> uh, it's kind of been touched on already. Um, yeah, it has, isn't it? It's about Daredevil going back to Marvel because there were rumours that um, Marvel was in talks uh, with Fox um, to reclaim Galactus and Silver Surfer, the characters, um, so that they could use them in the extended Marvel Universe films. Um, but actually, a new report has said a diff- uh, has told a different story. So Deadlines claims that um, uh, Galactus and Silver Surfer was being strenuously denied by studio insiders. Um Obviously, uh, so, uh, Fantastic Four is being rebooted with Chronicles' Josh Trank. I just like the it? idea of them strenuously denying. Yeah. Yeah. No! <laughs> no, it's not true! So, yeah, they're working on a Fantastic Four film. This story is so boring. <laughs> I was just going to say, Tom, can I, I interrupt know, you? Can I interrupt you? Shall we stop Is the- there any chance that they're going to make a movie of Elf? <laughs> yes, that's or what we should we, be talking or, about. Or, or should we talk about JLA? <laughs> we should talk about JLA instead of the story. Should we start that? I'm going to ask this question again, even after the JLA bit. Go on then. <laughs> All right, uh, let me find the story then. All right. Just talk amongst <laughs> yourselves, everybody. This is why we're not award-winning. All right, who wants some more movie news? Me. Me. Uh, according to Variety, the trade paper for movies. Ooh. <laughs> ben- <laughs> What's that snigger for? Name your sources, Tom. Uh, ben Affleck, aka Ben Affleck, has been approached to direct the Justice League movie. Mm. That's the JLA movie featuring Batman, Superman, Flash. and all the others. Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Brilliant. Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, all of the big ones. Jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, so excited, apparently, you excited about a JLS movie, Chris? <laughs> Aston. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Aston Merriweather. <laughs> <laughs> Boot up Photoshop. Who's going to play Marvin? <laughs> He's going to play the Martian Manhunter. One, one of JLS went to my school. Everyone went to your school. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but this is only a couple of weeks ago to meet his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, uh, also this week, I don't know if you noticed, the hammer thrower. The big hammer he thrower. He went to your school. Went to my school. Did he? Bob Perfett's son went to your school. Certainly did. Jerry yeah. Bullock's son. Yeah. Darren Brown went to your Darren school. Brown went Darren to Brown went to my what school. What school did you go to? Uh, not saying. People know. People have written in about my school before. We have listeners from Whitgift. Whitgift. Hello, hello to you all. <laughs> um, anyway, come on. Back to, back on to the that. JLS movie. So their varieties of is reporting that apparently uh, Ben Affleck is the only person to have been shown the JLA script that has been written. Not even the script writer. Well... No. He hasn't seen it. The only director. Come on. Sorry. Um, ben Affleck only looked because he thought it was a J-Lo script. But Ben Affleck Ooh. has got good pedigree, right? He's, he's directed yeah. two really, really, really good, good, movies. good movies. And apparently his new movie, Argo, uh, is getting talked about as being a potential Oscar winner. So check out Gone Baby Gone and The Town. Uh, the town. Yeah, definitely The Town. Really? I love that um, He didn't do the one about Superman, did he? He just starred in it. No, that was, the, the that was the lot, It was like the best acting he's done. Hollywoodland. Yes. So he played George, George Reeves, Reeves uh, uh, the Superman, the very first TV Superman in that film. Um, so he has pedigree but he did say at the time of I think when he was promoting other films that he'd never go back to superheroes because obviously he was Daredevil um, and well Deadline I saw they put up a story today saying that this is absolute bull uh, that people saying he's going to direct it they're saying the only truth is that he's been shown the script and that's quite normal but that's all the story is in the first place what can I just ask aside from that what is going on between Deadline and Variety I don't know there's a bit of bit of niggle 
there's definitely something going on there because there's so much backbiting going on between the two two sites or, or papers. Is Deadline a paper as well? Uh, no, just a website. Okay, yeah, because it seems to be a lot of back and forth in mm. each to, saying that the other sources are shit. And... We should start a battle with them. Yeah. Um, like we uh, did with Mark Hermo at that time. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out well. We won. We picked a fight with Mark Kermode. He picked a fight with us. He picked a fight we with won. us. We oh. won. Um, <laughs> yes. I think this is exciting news, but is there, is I've heard there's going to be an ALF movie as well. Is this true? <laughs> big, yes. new, big news this week. Yes. Um, fans of the short-lived 1980s sitcom that ran from 1986 to 1990, ALF. ALF. Uh, alien will be, Life Form. Which stands for Alien Life Form. Mm-hmm. He was a alien that lived with a family mm-hmm. and hated cats or ate cats. He wanted to eat cats. He wanted to eat yeah. cats. He, the, I know it really well. The neighbours, <laughs> the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Arkmonic. Who? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Arkmonic. Arkmonic? That was their name. <laughs> Um, I think they had a cat, and certainly the family lived with had a cat, and yeah, a lot of lot of the plot revolved around them trying to stop him eating the cat, which is great TV. And it was a dwarf, a dwarf in an alien outfit. Good time. So yeah, Sony apparently is uh, is, is pushing ahead with a live action, uh, sorry, a hybrid live action CG animated feature version of Alf. They're working with the series creator and the original puppeteer Paul Fusco, who mm-hmm. voiced the uh, the. Alien uh, to make a new version of it. Uh, Alf was from the planet Melmac. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he lived with the family, the Tanner family. The Tanners. Yeah, so the Chris was... is just validating every fact in the story. Yes, that's yep. correct. The daughter was quite hot. Brilliant. Uh, Alf actually lived on after the TV series in an animated TV oh, show, a TV movie, and a Marvel comic. Um, Martin Sheen was in the TV movie. I think it was called Project Alf. But if you don't know Alf, <laughs> probably the best. Is playing the president. <laughs> Uh, no, he was like a, a shady government agent, I believe. Oh, okay. The best okay, thing so to do would be just to... just your mastermind subject? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I know all this. <laughs> not all this. And I can't believe it's not on the running lineup, and I've got us all talking about you it. Just... Yes. How, what do, how, how would you describe what he looks like? Oh. Uh, uh, like an aardvark. Yeah. Like a hairy, tall Hairy aardvark. walnut whip. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, wasn't there, when he wasn't a puppet, he was a little man in a suit running around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or a child, probably a child in a suit. Mm. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about the dimension, <laughs> right? Unless he was a primordial dwarf, because they're in in proportion, aren't they? Primordial, like, like ripped, uh, not ripped torn. <laughs> deep Roy. <laughs> I always get ripped torn and deep Roy mixed you up. You get two more dissimilar people mixed up. <laughs> they both sound like sexual <laughs> injuries. Yeah, though. Yeah, look, 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 it's Deep Roy. No, it's not. It's ripped torn, just very far away. Is <laughs> ripped torn the consequence of Deep Roy? <laughs> They should do a porno <laughs> together. Um, do you know a little fact about Deep Roy? Um, a little he, fact. A little fact, yeah. It's not on his IMDb, but he played Yoda inside the suit in Empire Strikes Back. Did he know? He did, did he? yeah. I was inside reading... the suit? Yeah. just a puppet? No, no, because you know there's a shot He's of him Henson's walking. Hand. No, he, there's oh, a shot of, of Yoda walking across the uh, Dagobah, and actually it's Deep Roy in a, in a suit. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah, it's in, it's in the making of Empire Strikes Back, the book, but it's not on his IMDb. So. This is why I love the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's learning shit like that. And if you don't know who Deep Roy is, he played the Umpalumpa in the shit version of Willy Wonka. It's not Factory. shit, it's really good. It's fucking awful. I watched it the other day and it's fucking terrible. No, you're fucking terrible. Well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Cunt. Can we Debate. watch some trailers? Can Debate. we watch a trailer? Cockneys versus zombies. Chris, did you go on the set of this? No, um, I sent one of my freelancers, Jonathan Crocker, and the feature he wrote about his set visit 
is live on the site today. Do you know what? We or actually, at the, t- at the time, we offered <laughs> iGen readers a chance to be um, extras in that. So if you were an extra, being a zombie if you're in a, Cockneys or, or versus Zombies... Could you be a, a Cockney if you wanted? Uh, no. Sure. Um, Who wants to be a Cockney when you can be a zombie? Welcome to the East End of London. A place that has encountered the most heinous villains ever to walk the earth. But until now... London has never seen anything as monstrous as this. He's eating a foot. They're going to seal off the East End, see if they can contain it. Let's get to the docks. Piss off, you muppets! I'll take you all on and sell my fucking brother! Stop saying that. All right, Grandad. Boys, now you're talking my language. You've got to shoot him in the head. We know where to fucking shoot them. Uh, okay, so that trailer started, and Stu we, said, I'm already bored. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as Richard Bryce showed up, <laughs> you were into there. it. Bang, I'm there. Anything with Richard Bryce, I'm there, man. With a fucking Uzi as well. How bad I, is that? Seriously, though, for the first half, I thought, fuck me, this looks awful, really bad. And then suddenly hit you with some really quite comic moments. It's somewhere in between being really funny and awful. Yeah. Uh, it's good fun. Richard Briers steals the show. They kind of showed you the two best bits, but both those scenes go on for a lot longer and he's priceless in both of them. It does really good. Well, have you seen it? I have. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. yeah. Um, yeah, it just looks really funny. It does. It does. I'm surprised. Because you expect it to be uh, like, uh, Shaun of the Dead ripoff, yeah, uh, and so like, like, twenty-eight really, days later, that kind really of... low rent as well. Yeah, well, the screenwriter actually, I, I've met a few times, and he's up for coming on the podcast. So I should get him in. Um, he he wrote Severance. Oh yeah, good. Which is a good yes. comedy mm. horror, and you know this is a good comedy horror. It's really good fun. When's it out, Chris? It's out um at the in two weeks, I think. Yeah, it coincides with our fright fest. Can oh. we all go and see it? Yeah. Are there any celebrity cameos in it? Don't tell us, it'll ruin it. Uh, I don't think so. But you just recognise most of the cast. You know, you've got What's-Her-Face from EastEnders and What's-His-Chops from, exactly, from Lockstock. Michelle Thingy from that show that was... Michelle Ryan. Shit-canned. Oh, yeah, she was in... EastEnders. Yeah. The the Billion Dollar... No, no, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, no. Million Dollar... No, it was... It's a super... Well, I'm glad we did our research. She's the Bionic Woman. That's the one! And, uh, yeah, she's who I mentioned from EastEnders. Right. I thought it was Luke Treadaway in that, but apparently it's not. It is. Uh, it's one of the treadaways. Ah, right. I don't know if there's more They're than twins. one of them. Right. Anyway, good fun. Yeah. Go see it. Uh, all right, let's move on then to this week's uh, kind of middle bit of the podcast where we talk sensible stuff about things. And uh, who's, who's thought this up? Whose idea is this? It's my idea. Tell us all about it, Daniel well, Grouper. Basically, I got the idea. I kind of stole it from Lucy. Lucy is um, one of our writers who's based in Australia. She wrote this really good feature called 10 Movies People Hate and why they're not actually that bad. So I'll just go, go through some of the movies that Lucy highlighted. One of them's Waterworld. What do people think of that? Where do you stand on Waterworld, Tom? I, uh, well, I think when it came you out... You can't I, stand on Waterworld, you bloody sink. So I set that up for someone. I think when it came out, I was unaware of critical response to anything, and I just really loved it, and I've so always gi- loved it. I always loved the bit with the giant CGI fish that... He lets eat him, yeah, and then he kills it from inside. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper's great in it, but um, yeah, I never realised that it had a bad critical reception until I was a bit older. Right, so I'll just read through these. Do you want to say yay or nay? Waterworld. Are you... Yes. No. Okay. Never seen it. Okay. 
Superman Returns. Nay. I, I really like Superman nay. Returns. A million times nay. I love Brandon Ralph in Superman Returns. I just think it's a terrible film. Meh. Meh. That's Meh. not an option anyway. I'll just go through. Um, AI. No. Quantum of Solace. It's okay. It's not. It's not, not great. Ghostbusters 2. It's a terrible mm, film. <laughs> Alien 3. Love it. Yeah. Great. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Village. No. Uh, right. Uh, so at that point, are there any more that you'd like to throw the, into the mix? Can games? I just say that she's also got Indiana Jones 4 on Crystal there. Skull, and she's just got mm. Ang Lee's The Hulk. Right. I like The Hulk. I don't mind The Hulk. I don't mind The Hulk. Indy 4 I think it's is really interesting. It's too long. pile of shit. And but it had good bits. It had good bits. It was just the... F- it felt like good bits that had accumulated over years mm. and they thought God we're going to have to do this at some point let's stick those good bits together when I posted this, when I was. posted this uh, story on uh, Facebook and Twitter I had at least two people come back to me to say that Temple of Doom is a worse film than Crystal Skull I'm not a massive fan of Temple of Doom no, when I was is. a kid I loved Temple of Doom Yeah, because yeah. I think it's got m- bits that really appeal to kids it's got quite nasty gruesome bits like um, Monkey the, the banquet, yeah. yeah, where they're eating creepy crawls. And I think bugs. kids love that because it's quite rolled all in a way. Yeah, but then I, when I watch it going back, Last Crusade's so much better. So I think the problem, the two main problems with Temple of Doom for me are short round and Kate Capshaw. Yeah, you got a girl screaming for the duration and a psych- kid sidekick that he just doesn't need. Mm-hmm. He didn't need comic relief, and you know, no. he's fine on enough. his own. Yeah. yeah, I love it though. I still think it's as good as the other two. Well, if really? you're talking films, yeah, um, cool. I would say, because I'm a child of the 80s, I'm a big apologist for loads of terrible films from the 80s that I can watch. Not Hit Mannequin, surely. Me. Love Mannequin. No. Love Mannequin. First first woman I ever felt funny about was <laughs> I Mannequin. I going to say that. Felt funny about. First girl that gave me a funny feeling. Um, Rocky IV, <laughs> Team Wolf. Team Wolf's great. It's not. It's a terrible movie, but I, I love it. It's not a good movie. Is it not? No. Oh, God, no. Mm. Okay, fair <laughs> To be fair, I haven't seen it since its release. Yeah, it's Which... not Back to the Future. It gets lumped in with Back to the Future because it was the same year and the same actor. Yeah. It's not, but I can watch it over and over again. It's, it's no Team Wolf 2. Jesus, that weren't good. <laughs> that was bad. Jason Bateman, how did you rescue your career from that? He did, though. He did. So, yeah, for me, it's 80s movies, and I could list thousands of them. Have you to a kill? <laughs> Love which it. You, yeah, which Love you admitted it. to the other week. What are you, Stu? Mm, I don't know, really. I don't... Oh, any games? Hey, what? Any games that you'd... Yeah, games is a good one. Um, God, you put me on the spot. I was thinking mm-hmm. what movie, sorry. Uh, you came up with a feature. I know. It does say, I know, can sorry. everyone think of a movie <laughs> yeah, or sorry. game that they love, but they know... <laughs> I know. Well, I can, I talk about movies, for that. can I talk about movies that I love that yep. probably a lot of people hate? Um, what about you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Willow? I love Willow. Yeah. I love mm. Willow. A lot of people don't like it, um, but I still think it's a really good movie. Probably not. It's the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. There was something about the 80s that was, I hate the word naff, but it was a bit naff, and yet we'll... Well, there's there's a lot of movies that, from the 80s that are, that are ruined by really bad synthesizer soundtracks. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies. Yeah. And also, not they're, they're not particularly cinematic, because I think during the 80s, everybody was thinking, right, cinema's dead, it's all going to go on to video, we're all going to watch it at home, so let's make it look a bit glossy, and not worry about shooting it particularly dynamically. And it's all a bit... If you look at 80s movies, they're all shot a bit flat and a bit boring. Softcore. Yeah. Um, the Matrix 2. You don't Awful. like that. Awful. No. It's a bit of a guilty Awful. pleasure for me. Uh, Matrix 3, though, no, unwatchable. But Matrix 2, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure for if me. If you take out that rave scene from Matrix 2, it's only about 20 minutes long, isn't it? <laughs> <I think? laughs> 
Bloody awful. Um, yeah, and then um, I mean the Star Wars prequels. I kind of still. Quite I don't like mind, them. I don't mind Attack of the Clones. Yeah, which is probably the worst one. <laughs> yeah, but then after we saw Phantom Menace last year, was that, it this year? That's even worse than that's even I thought worse it was. Than it was. Yeah. Um, Any others? I really like Batman Forever. Yeah, I used to, I watched Batman Forever. What Chris, you just pulling your face at that? Yeah, that's the Jim Carrey one, right? You oh. look so that was on telly the other night. He's so he looks so weary. Yeah, that's I didn't like reason. it. I I think that's because I saw it as a kid, right? And I just thought it was the best Batman film ever because like he does all he does all this stuff. He has a car that goes up a wall. That's mm. amazing. There's a car that goes up a wall. Is that the one with the weird neon fight scene as well? Or the is that ne- the fourth one? There's quite a neon. Heavy final the, scene. The whole thing looks like gay porn. The entire. Oh film. yeah, it's it's incredibly camp looking back. But at the time, I just thought it was brilliant. Like it had all these gadgets, and I just thought it was incredibly cool. Mm. Stu, you obviously Charlie in the Chocolate Factory for you, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I just think it's I think it's a really funny version. I love the film. I just don't know why you would like that. Why mm. wouldn't you? It's hilarious. Uh, in terms of games, I always go back to it because I quite like it. But James Bond Bloodstone, which got really bad reviews, but I still I could go back and play that again. I really enjoyed it. I like lots of really shit platformers from when I was a kid. I like uh, there's a game on um, Mega Drive called Decap Attack. Yeah. Where you're a little zombie that you can throw your head around. <laughs> and there's loads of games like that I used to have as a kid, like on like budget discs. I used to play. I used to like. Um, there's a really terrible Looney Tunes game that like was um, Roadrunner mm. and Wile E. Coyote, where it was just, it was unplayable almost, but I just would sit and play that for about four or five hours just because I love Looney Tunes so much and I just thought it was the greatest thing to be able to control Roadrunner. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. If, this would be good to get some reader feedback on, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because it was an email address that they could write into. Because this is slightly different than a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, because you're admitting that you like that it's shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Matrix 2 can't be included then. Because it is shit. Because, yeah. No, it's just Have we all done it wrong? Have yeah. we all done it wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> Team, <laughs> Team Wolf's definitely shit. Okay. Um, so, yeah, write in and let us know what you think. Um, feedback at IGNUK.com. Is that no. right? <laughs> IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. <laughs> I've only been doing this for three years. 150 podcasts and you still don't know the email address. Oh, or or come, come and tell us on Twitter or Facebook and we're just, at IGN UK. Do Twitter because nobody shout bothers out. with Facebook anymore, do they? They do. There's loads of people. Just shout outside our office. So that's how to get hold of us. Uh, feedback. Now, let's see what you've been writing to us about in the last week or so. And uh, quite an interesting response to the all the Peggy information. We spoke about Peggy... Uh, the new games rating, well, not the new games rating system, but the the now official games rating system uh, here in the UK. And we've got an interesting letter from Lucy. I work for a big known specialist games retailer in the UK. No, not that one. Within my company, we've been treating Peggy as law for years. There's always been the risk of a £5,000 fine, a criminal record, and of course losing your job. It's something we all take very seriously. Believe it or not, though, a lot of parents do believe that a number on the front of the box is related to game difficulty. Most parents don't even bat an eyelid if I say there's a scene in Saints Row 3 that has your character beat a man to death with a dildo. That's crazy. It's ridiculous, isn't it? (laughs) The lack of education of the parents is shocking. And even when we do our job and thoroughly tell the parents the content, they don't care. They tell me they feel too much pressure from their 10-year-old son. Surely there's something wrong here if I'm asking a six-year-old child where his parent is when he places GTA 4 on the counter. And surely there's something even more wrong when the parent says the content is fine. 
Interesting point, Lucy. Interesting point. Mm. And um, she's actually, it's a really, really well-argued uh, bit of feedback. And she's got lots more ramblings on her uh, website, nextsavepoint.net, uh, which is well worth a look. I had a look the other day. And... Uh, Thanks, thanks, Lucy. I also, yeah. at this point, if anyone else works in sort of games retail, could they email in at IGN UK feedback and um, tell us about your experiences and whether you, um, whether you've ever been called up for selling games to kids? Like, what, what's kind of, what have you been told by your management? How has this been enforced in the store that you've worked in in the past? Has it been made clear to you what the consequences of selling games to underage kids are? Um, mm. That'd be really interesting yeah. to find out. Definitely. Also, I had a, I, I checked out Lucy's Twitter account, and she just looks the spit of Arkeza McDonald. <laughs> she looks the absolute spit. I mean, really, like they're twins. It's quite what remarkable. Dark hair. Yeah. I have a bit of feedback. Um, uh, it's from Pat from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, Pat says, I wanted to throw out a comment regarding the top ten greatest films of all time discussion. I, for me, the two factors that determine almost my entire opinion about a film is what kind of emotional impact it has and whether or not it makes me think. And then Pat's listed top 10, but I actually count 17 here, so there's some cheating going on. <laughs> so the number one is Lord of the Rings, counting the entire Peter Jackson series. Mm-hmm. That's Can't three. do that. That's three, not one. Uh, the Dark Knight, Children of Men. Four is a tie between Blade Runner and Alien. Mm. Cheating. Uh, five <laughs> is a tie between um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's not really it's a, a top t- 10 list. It's a tie fighter. <laughs> And then, yeah, so on. So, uh, some really great movies in there, though. Godfather, uh, Duck Soup. Love it. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, the Lion King. Mm. And honourable mentions to Halloween and The 39 Steps. Although Which do- version? Doesn't state. Just says Alfred Hitchcock's 39 Steps. But well, he that's... did two of them. Well, he did the... No. Didn't no, he do both? No, no. No, he only did the first one. He did one. the Robert Donut one, didn't yeah. he? Okay. Well, the, Which the, is the best one. Yeah. The original one. Um, I noticed, though, that uh, Departed is on the list. But I wonder, Pat, if you've seen Infernal Affairs, which is the film that Departed was based on. Hong Kong. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit better. Yeah? It's a bit more subtle. It's not got the big... That's a trilogy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the second Infernal Affairs is a prequel, though. I could be wrong. It could be wrong. But yeah, if you want super high tension, I'd watch the original Infernal Affairs. It's Mm. brilliant. But yeah, a really good list and... uh, or watch the British cop show that it was based on, D. Allen Pascoe. So there's inspiration. Mm, bit cheeky. No. But thanks for the feedback. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, I've got some more feedback about top 100 things. This is from Dave Connolly, regular writer-inner from Dumbarton, Scotland. He says, if we did see a top 100 list for games, like the BFI does for films, who would you see as credible enough to do it? Obvious. Gaming doesn't have an equivalent of the BFI yet. Us. Who you'd say is you kind of all encompassing letters in for name. gaming in this part of the world? IGN. Well, I mean, I don't... I don't know. There is no centralised body, is there? Well, I mean, there's BAFTA Games, of course, which yeah. is trying to sort of establish itself as a recognised body for recognising games. So, possibly them. You'd have to have someone relatively impartial. But you know who I'd say? I'd say possibly the people at the Video Game Archive. Because they obviously have that whole, um, they've got everything there, uh, and they would be a probably a good sort of central point for people to focus. You're on. absolutely right. I think in about twenty years' time, we're going to be so thankful that those guys at the Game Archive exist because it's still just not taken seriously enough. No, in the same way that the first kind of twenty or thirty years of of, of cinema is almost completely lost because at the time nobody thought there was any value to it. 
A lot of TV as well is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sad state of affairs. Okay. Well, Tilly's got to pop out at this point. Farewell, guys. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. All right. I'm off to the BBC. I'll tell you all about it next week. Ooh, exciting stuff. Get him. Any more feedback? New. Well, in that case, we may as well join Chris and bugger off then. Uh, We'll do a very quick uh, look at what is coming out this week in the world of films and games. Nothing's really coming out in games. Hybrid is coming out as part of um, Xbox's Summer of Arcade. Briefly, it wasn't available. Servers went down, but I've been reliably informed it is now available. It's a third-person shooter set in the future. Sounds original. Multiplayer online using the Valve Source engine. Oh, excited. Excited, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Do you about the movies what that about are coming movies, out? Tom? Uh, Brave is actually out this week. It was out last week in Scotland. In Scotland, right. yeah. yeah, Tom. Uh, it's just about the fourth week in a row that we've said Brave is out. Yes. Yeah. It is actually it is out. out. Right. It's actually out in England. <laughs> uh, which I, I've only just found out. I had a troubled um, incubation period at Pixar. You know, the, the first director was sacked. Sacked? Know that, yeah. She left Pixar. Well, she was taken off the project and left, and now she's got like now she's got co-directing credit on it. But right. um, I, re- I actually remember that when um, when the credits rolled after we saw it. I was like, "There's a lot of co-directors on that." Yeah, movie. so it's a bit of a mess. But uh, if you've got kids, it's probably worth taking to. If so, they're not too scared of giant man-eating bears in the pantheon of Pixar, it's quite low down. Yes, yes, definitely. I'd, down I'd, there almost, with... I'd almost put it below Cars. Hell's teeth. Yeah. It's just got nothing original or or, or it doesn't feel distinctively yeah. Pixar. Yeah. Well, is this is are we now kind of reaping the results of them uh, of a whole Disney the takeover? Yeah, because they've kind of cross pollinated now, haven't they? Because last yeah. two obviously is all. I'm sure there's been a lot of back and forth with talent. I I think it's just a hiccup to be honest. I think they were they, they were g- locked onto the project and they had to go through with it and they've done the best with what they've got. And they're now making lots of movies lots of Pixar movies now so it's just gonna there's gonna be some ones that aren't as good yeah oh, it's, but it's not gonna be an event anymore it always used to be an event didn't it but, but now it doesn't gonna... seem like it's an event but then that was always going to happen though why? yeah it was difficult to maintain you such can't a maintain those standards indefinitely you're gonna it, but misfire no, you're, no but you, what you're saying is they're making more films well, they're making more films because time is progressing and they're still making films. Well, it was almost like a cottage industry start off with, wasn't it? Yeah. A very small select group of animators working together to make these movies and now it's become so big mm. and so nebulous that I think the quality is, is sure to take a dip. But that's not to say that these the Pixar films aren't better but than the DreamWorks But arguably, ones like the, the year Fox before ones. last, Toy Story 3, some people would even say that's their best film yet. Pinnacle, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Mm. And that's been produced by the same big nebulous company. Yeah, uh, also out this week, uh, we've got coming out The Bourne Legacy, which is the fourth part of The Bourne films. Uh, me and Daniel have seen it. Uh, it's been reviewed on the site. It. We're both big fans of Bourne, and it's the best, well, as Chris said, it's the best Bourne film that doesn't have Matt Damon in it. He said it's the fourth best Bourne film, didn't he? It's the fourth best Bourne film, right. yeah. I just think it's a bit boring. And it's a bit pointless, really. Such a shame. If the next one has Matt Damon and Jeremy Renner in it and they team up, then I'll see that. That yeah, sounds yeah. like really interesting. I don't think the action's that good. Ed Norton's pointless in it. Uh, it doesn't do anything. The action's boring. The action's... No, I don't think there's any chemistry between him and... Uh, I, I used to really like Ed Norton, but I'm rapidly going off him. Yeah. Um, 
I just think it was such a shame that because the Bourne Ultimatum is, is is probably up there with what, one of the best films of the last ten years in terms of action films. Yeah. It's probably the best action film of the last ten years. I also think I also think the trailer for it um, set my expectations not high, but I expected it to be much cleverer than it was. I imagined it to weave in and out of the existing Bourne films. Yeah, and it doesn't at all. No, it kind of it kind of there's a it kind of lightly ties itself into Ultimatum but not yeah. really yeah. it could be a standalone movie mm-hmm. okay. um, so yeah that's that uh, then we've got uh, The Dinosaur Project which is a low budget British film that's um, found footage yeah which I saw billed by shortlist as um, the, the Blair Witchosaurus which I thought was quite funny. Thanks, Shortlist. Thanks, Shortlist. Um, but it's nowhere near as good as Blair Witch or Jurassic Park or any of those <laughs> jokes that were made about it being Blair Witch meets Jurassic Park. It is fucking terrible <laughs> to kick a film when it's down. There's nowhere near enough dinosaurs in it. Um, Shunky special effects. Yeah, and it's a found footage, the most tenuously found footage sort of setup ever. The guy in it, the main guy, is really, really annoying. Has it got any redeeming features, Tom? Is it short? It's very short, but it feels long. Uh, So um, That's not the first time you said that. Yeah. Uh, No, can't think of a single redeeming feature. So, uh, other than that, is The Expendables 2, which, again, has dinosaurs in it. Does it? So, well, old men. (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. See, dinosaurs of... It is a terrible movie, but there is about... Like in total, there's probably about twenty minutes of sublimely ridiculous stuff that almost makes watching it justifiable. I think. Yeah, it's it's almost like going to see the Rolling Stones live. If, if but the Rolling Stones don't regard themselves as so much of a joke as they do. No, yeah, if they, they probably play up joke, to it, I yeah. didn't realize that they were going to play up to it so much. Uh, it's it's either a one star film or a six star film. I'm erring on the side of a one-star one. film. <laughs> Depending, on, safe. How Depending yeah. on how drunk you are. Depending on how drunk you are. I think it'd be a great drunk movie. Yeah, definitely. But I just think, even in comparison to Expendables 1, which had some redeeming features, had some really good set pieces, like the bit where the plane's coming down and Jason Statham's on the top of a plane and he's shooting everyone. So I've not seen the first one, but would you say part two? Is it almost self-parody? Yeah, it's a parody of a parody. Like you said when we were watching it, it's like a comic relief sketch that yeah, goes on for yeah. like 90 oh. minutes. Like you've got, like, oh, every time, like every five minutes, there's a new like famous person. You go, how did they get them? Yeah. But you won't want to watch that for more than five minutes. Yeah, and Arnold Schwarzenegger has the I'll be back joke about six times. Fuck yeah. me, really? Yeah, and... But- uh, if you thought Bane was unintelligible in The Dark Knight Rises, you are not going to understand a word that Sylvester Stallone says. Yeah. He mumbles his way through the whole film. And tr- where the first film was really good between the interplay between Statham and Stallone, just it's... Quite stilted. It's, yeah, it's awkward. really fake in this one. It's really, really awkward, yeah. isn't it? And it, it's a very, visually, it's a very boring looking movie. It's all like navy blue, brown, grey. Everyone's wardrobe has been provided by The Gap. Yeah. Middle-aged Gap. Yeah. But the review will be on the site soon. Um, so, yeah, check that out. <laughs> or don't bother. Because this, this isn't the official IGM view. This is, this is just our own opinion, personal right. opinions. Okay. We're just saying. We're just saying. That's pretty much it then. Uh, yeah, just to say that on August 23rd, we'll be hosting IGN Pub Quiz 4, tentatively titled The Revenge. So uh, keep an eye on the site for how to get involved. We'll try and get as many of you down as possible. But um, yeah, more news soon. soon. August 23rd, save the date can't wait okay uh, feedback if you'd like to let us know what you think of anything we've been talking about IGN UK feedback at IGN.com 
com or tweet us up or fee Facebook us up as well at IGN UK yeah uh, and that's pretty much it rate us five on iTunes please and we will see you uh, well actually it's going to be interesting next week because we'll probably do a couple of bits from Gamescom and there'll be um, an episode probably from London as well yeah so uh, keep your uh, iTunes out for that or something see you next week everybody goodbye bye, bye. I don't think there's enough alpha in this podcast Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.